It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Just had to switch up the intro a little bit. That's not the the standard intro. That is our Lions intro, a little specialty intro there. And I just, you know, I thought it'd be fun. Um, even though the, the the cop one, I still think is is my most favorite of the intros that we have. I'm trying to trying to do some more. Hopefully, we have some some opponents this week or this season that really lend themselves to those kinds of things. There, there were a surprisingly uh, low number of times last season where I was like, hey, you know what's great this week? The call that I can put in the intro. Unfortunately, that just wasn't the case consistently enough. Anyway, <laughs> today on the show, we are talking about Packers offseason needs. And we're looking at the kinds of things that this team is missing. The things that are most pressing and longtime listeners of this show, people who follow me on Twitter will know that my perspective on the draft is you are taking not the best player available, but the player who can most impact your team over the life of his rookie deal. So need is part of the equation, but not the only part that positional value is an extremely important part in all of this. So we are going to go through the roster in a way that we hadn't before and try and nail down the places where this team can try and maximize their off season. It's not just the draft, it's free agency too. And and we've done this in a roundabout kind of way, we've talked about some of the positions and we talked about cornerback being the the number one spot on this defense to try and address. And so that's something that we're certainly going to talk about. But what are the other spots? We've talked about offensive tackle a little bit. I want to go through this roster and try and, and rank the needs and, and figure out where this team is. So defensively, because I think that's where you look at getting the most improvement in this offseason process. The Packers have some some really nice pieces. But when you stack a defense, okay, there's two positions that are more important than any any other position by a mile. And that's corner and pass rusher, usually edge rusher. 
And while I have come to the conclusion that coverage is more important than pass rush, and this is one of those things that that the, the data has some hints at, but we don't have a lot of strong indications on all this. I think, you know, one pass rusher to me can still impact the game in a way that one corner cannot. And so if we're talking about singular players, pass rush is still, um, to me, the, the highest tier. Okay, Green Bay, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, Kenny Clark. They've got some guys who can rush the passer. Kingsley Kiki in some spot situations can do it. If they're going to move on from Preston Smith, and I assume they are, then edge is a need. Not a pressing need, but a need. Okay, secondarily, what is the second most important position? Corner. All right, we know corner is the most important spot. This is going to be one of the few starting spots that does not have an intuitive in-house replacement. I mentioned Josh Jackson. I took some heat on Twitter for mentioning Josh Jackson. But I do think that he will get a chance with a new defensive coordinator to earn a spot. On the other hand, I think they're going to go out and sign someone. And I think they're going to throw multiple draft picks at the position in this upcoming draft. To me, that's your number one need on defense. It is your number one position of need. And there isn't a close second. There needs to be a lot of resources allocated to the cornerback position. And then when you look at the the places where you can most improve, you have two safeties who are awesome. Really good starting safety tandem in Green Bay with Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Where do you rank that third safety because he's basically a de facto linebacker? I think if you like Kamel Martin and Chris Barnes, and I think those guys are fine unless you have a special, special player that's on the board. And, and you know, if you're doing these mock drafts a lot, you're probably seeing Zayvon Collins available to you at 29. You're seeing Nick Bolton available to you at 29. And you're going, why wouldn't I do this? I think Green Bay could look at it in a similar way and say, hey, this this guy who's going to play 100% of my snaps could really be an upgrade over the guy we have. On the other hand, Camille Martin is really talented. He was the best linebacker in training camp last year. I think they're going to see what they have there and that they may prioritize a third safety. That being said, if they don't draft J.J. Watt, I do think the other place where they could look to make an upgrade is defensive tackle. You have Kenny Clark. He's a really good player. But if you don't get Watt, Kingsley Kiki's shown some nice things. But if you can get a pedigreed guy in the first round, I think that's something that that you would consider if you were the Packers. Now, the, the problem is there may not be a guy there. There just aren't that many impact defensive linemen in this draft. I mean, Christian Barmore, I don't think, is going to really do it for a lot of teams. He may not even be a first-round pick. Now, he's the kind of player that could intrigue Green Bay. He is similar to some of the guys the Packers have liked in the past physically. I don't want to compare him in terms of like the the risk or some of those other questions of a Justin Harrell. But Green Bay has in the first round, Justin Harrell, BJ Raji, Kenny Clark. They have, even when the teams were good, looked at these potential impact defensive linemen. 
Does that mean that that's where they're going to go in the first round? I don't think that that is likely, but I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out in the top 100, certainly. If they want to upgrade that spot, I think there's there's really good reasons to think that they will try and do that. The question I think that Green Bay has to ask is, where do they see their defense with Joe Barry? What does that look like? And we have an idea, right? We have an idea that it's going to look like Vic Fangio, but how much of it is going to look like Brandon Staley with the Rams? How much of it is going to look like what you know Fangio is doing in Denver? That's a little bit different. Is it going to look like what Fangio was in Chicago? You always want to tailor it to your personnel, right? But what do you want to prioritize? Because Joe Barry in L.A., they prioritized a smaller, faster defense. So that could mean a safety earlier than maybe we would otherwise think they would consider it. That might mean a pass rusher. If you think you're going to play a bunch of sub package and, and Zadarius is going to reduce inside, maybe they want to get a pass rusher, you know, right away. I don't I don't think that's ridiculous by any means. So the, the their priorities, we're going to find out a lot about their priorities when we get to what Green Bay is going to have a chance to do in the draft. When we're looking at the needs, though. And just ranking the actual position part of this, it's corner. To me, it's edge. Then you go, if if you are going to play with linebackers, if you're going to play with linebackers, like two linebackers, and that's how you want to play, then I think they could consider getting one there. Otherwise, I think it, if you're looking at the, the guys who are going to come in and have a chance to play right away, I think defensive line could be in the mix. And then you look at linebacker or a third safety. If they want to draft a pedigreed third safety to come in and be a de facto linebacker, then I think you move that up. I think that becomes, frankly, your third option on defense. You know, I put out that all defense mock the other day and I picked a safety in the second round. People were like, why? I said, well, because it's basically a linebacker in this in this defense. That's an assumption I'm making. We don't actually know if that's going to be the case, but it could be the case. And if it is, that's when you start to say, okay, I can see what this what this intention is here what they're looking for here. And I understand that if, you're, if your defense is going to take that shape, then suddenly this position becomes more important. And I think for Green Bay, that's what they're looking at here this offseason. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all of the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands his warehouse happens to carry? Go to rockauto.com and you can take control. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, their prices are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's 
killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store offensively offensively green bay the things that are important to any team any offense are it starts with the quarterback so you're wondering okay why did green bay um have uh, jordan love so high on their priorities list because quarterback is really really important obviously green bay has that locked down we don't have to worry about with that with them they have the ability to move on from Aaron Rodgers when they want to or move forward with him if they want to it's all out there for them okay Next, most important, I th- my thinking on this has changed a little bit over the years because one elite offensive tackle does not change your fortunes the way one elite receiver does. On the other hand, one solid offensive tackle is better, in my opinion, than one solid receiver. So there's this group of receivers who are in the middle of the league, they're all middle-class receivers, those guys are less valuable to me than a middle-class offensive tackle because just having a guy who's passable there and passable to, you know, above passable to like, hey, we, we rely on this guy, we like this guy, we think he's good, or at least he's good enough, that guy. The the Billy Turner level right tackle is better to me than having... I'm trying to think of a, you know, sort of solid but unspectacular receiver in in that same range. You know, Jamison Crowder. All right, let's use that for for the example here. I I think that makes more sense. So how do you how do you balance this for Green Bay? Because we don't we don't know what their long-term plan is at tackle. And that makes this complicated, right? If Billy Turner and or Elton Jenkins are your guy, then you don't need to use a high draft pick on a tackle. And the fact that they went into last year's draft, they picked three offensive linemen, and none of them are tackles by trade. And I don't think the plan with John Runyon Jr. was ever to play tackle. They drafted him to be an interior offensive lineman. They really drafted three interior offensive linemen. That signals to me that Elton Jenkins is moving outside. So I think if they didn't have that tackle... You would say on offense, the number one need is offensive tackle. I don't think that's the case because I think it's going to be Jenkins. So then you look at the other positions. We know running back is is replaceable. Interior offensive lineman, replaceable. Tight ends, unless you have an ultra elite guy, pretty replaceable. So then you start to look at receivers and you say, okay, uh, what what kind of receivers does this team need? What kind would 
upgrade this unit. And we've talked about it a little bit with um, the, the conversation we had yesterday about, oh, they could marginally upgrade or they could find a run after catch guy or they could put something together where you're going, okay, cool, this guy fits a role in a way that some of these other players that they have on the roster don't. And there, there are a lot of guys in this draft. This is a very deep receiver class. They could be looking, you know, fifth round at someone who could come in and give them that with, with really no, no second thought, really no problem at all in, in that circumstance. So I, I think that's something that you have to look at. You, you can wait. You don't have to do it early. On the other hand, if this is true and we're calling it the number one offensive need, then why wait? You could do it second round, third round, if there's someone there worth picking. You know, when when we go back to this idea of, the, you know, the most uh, impactful positions, the guys who will come in and impact your roster the most. That's the kind of thing that that you're you're looking at, right? Because, you know, you, receiver, he may not start. Okay, he may not play 60, 70 percent of snaps. But if they can come in and play a role for you, if they can come in and and really give you the snaps that they're in there important and unique to your team impact, then that guy has value to your team. So receiver is is the starter there. And and not a starter, but the the, the position that you start with on offense. Then I think almost regardless, you go to tackle because you just don't have a swing tackle. And now we're for, we're far enough down the, the list here that we can talk about some backup players. Because even if the Packers don't bring back any of their running backs, A.J. Dillon is going to be the starter. Even if Green Bay does not go out and sign or draft any offensive lineman, they've got their offensive lineman. Same with receiver, same with tight ends. They don't have starting spots up for grabs. So we're looking at backup spots. They drafted uh, multiple interior offensive linemen. They don't need to backfill those spots just yet. So what else could they be looking at? I think we're looking at running back because I just don't think Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are going to be back. I know running back is an interchangeable piece, but they only have one on the roster right now. They only have one under contract in 2021. They're going to need a running back at some point that can help spell A.J. Dillon, someone who can be a passing game threat, someone who can give you some down-the-field threat if that is something that you're looking for, and it is, by the way, something that you're looking for here. Someone who can give you that complementary skill set to A.J. Dillon. At this point, I don't know, I think we're done. I think we're done, right? Like, there, there are other players you can always draft you know, another athlete at tight end because who knows the future of, of Big Bob Tunyon? Um, who knows the future of Mercedes Lewis? And so you might go into a year from now, you might be looking at the only two tight ends on the roster are Jay Sternberger and Josiah DeGuara. You need depth there. Okay. Or you're looking at, okay, you need a you need a future backup center or another swing interior offensive lineman. But that's where this offense is. If you get that run after catch receiver, and you get the swing tackle and you get the second running back. That's really it in terms of guys who could actually play a meaningful role, see the field and be a part of this offense. Now we're starting to talk about, okay, could they get a punt returner? Could they get a kick returner? Could they get someone who can, you know, play that jet sweep 
role if it's not the receiver that they get. The offense really doesn't need that much. And that's why I'm always surprised when I see these defense-heavy mocks and, and I put one out, like I said. People are like, wait, what the heck? Why? Uh, ooh, I don't get it. And it's like, this is this is where the team needs are. This is where there's talent. These, these are where the advantages are. This is the, the spot where there are going to be starters competing. So... You you can't have it both ways. You can't be wondering why the Packers aren't going all in and going, oh, well, they they didn't pick the guy I wanted. That's really what it is. That's really what it is. I mean, I had I got in a, a discussion. I'm not going to call it an argument, but I had a discussion with, um, you know, another media person, podcaster, writer person uh, who was insistent that Green Bay was going to take a certain kind of linebacker because it was the guy that he wanted them to take. It's fine. It's fine. But we we can't color what what they could or should do with what we want them to do, right? So I, I, that's why I think this is important to figure out, okay, where are the places that, that these guys could come in and be most impactful? That's the part of this that matters the most. What players could they get? Not just 2021, but 2022. I mean, we've seen this the last few years. Guys from the year before's draft in year two, those are the guys. Those are the draft picks where you go, okay, these are the guys who really have to come in and play a big role for us if we're going to get to where we want to get to. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and get a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to use the promo code locked on to get that welcome bonus. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, so we talked about offense. We've talked about defense. So we, we've discussed the cornerback part. I think cornerback is the number one thing. So, okay, now what? And I think that's a really important question because it's going to color what they do in free agency. If they have free agent money, it's going to color what the draft looks like, what positions they prioritize there. 
right? So when I look at the places where you are going to get the most impact, these these priority positions where Green Bay could need the guys, right? I think cornerback is the starting point. And then it's a toss-up for me between receiver and edge. I think you you try and figure out, okay, where, where can I best allocate my resources? Where is the value in the guys that I could bring in? Rarely is there value in the pass rusher market in free agency. Much more likely you find that in the draft. The other thing about that, though, is that if you want a good pass rusher, you got to find them early. You got to find them early. First round, second round, third round. After that, it is just really trying to hit lottery tickets and and it, you're probably not going to do it is the reality. So if you think that 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 pass rusher is a premium and that you think that guy could come in and, and do what Rashawn Gary did last year and play 50, 60 percent of snaps with Preston Smith likely headed out the door, then I think that guy that becomes your number two spot. That becomes your number two need in the offseason. And I know that's weird. A year after, you know, Rashawn Gary starts to break out, two years after you sign the, you know, these these two supposed stud players, and one of them turned out to be a stud stud. Zadaria Smith, a culture setter, a tone setter, and a big time impact pass rusher. Preston has just not been the same guy. And if Rashawn Gary can step into that role, you'd never have too many of these dudes. I think Edge goes in the number two spot. And then that puts receiver right there at number three, because what that can bring that, that different element of your offense, when you have someone that can do something a little bit different, you find ways to get them in position. You know, when everyone is sort of interchangeable, you just run the offense and that's what green Bay did last year. And Devonte Adams was, was the focal point of that, but you can open up things for Devonte If you have another guy who you can have packages for. You can do little things here and there because when you have those packages, now you can run counters to those packages. So rather than being predictable by formation, if you draft Demetric Felton, for example, running back receiver hybrid player, and he comes in, and in the first game of the year, he comes in and, and you're running all these RPO concepts, and it's the same base concept, and you're just reading numbers, and then in game two, now you've got RPO double moves and, and you've got all of these counters to the tendencies that you've created. And it just gives you that added dimension. I really like what that is for Green Bay. Then I think you look at that safety, whether it's a hybrid type or a deep safety that allows you to play Amos more in the box or a box safety that you know allows you to, to do some interchangeable things. It doesn't really matter to me. You're taking the snaps that Raven Green and Will Redmond were playing. And that was, you know, 40 to 60%, depending on, on the game. The, it, third safety is a starting position, in my opinion. As we, as we head forward with Joe Barry, I'm, I am making an educated guess and saying that that is basically a starting position. And it gives you safety. It gives you linebacker. And that, that premise that I talked about at the beginning, pass rush versus coverage, I prioritize coverage. And so if you can get that third safety who can who can cover tight ends, who can play deep, who can run alleys and the run fits, then you really have an impact player more than, say, a defensive lineman. And I think that's important. Then you start to look at, OK, this is the, the three least important positions on any roster, in my opinion, linebacker, running back and, and interior defender, interior offensive line. That's just a hodgepodge. Get what you can get. 
right? If you can make some upgrades, if you can grab a guy, if you can grab a second running back, do that. I do think the second running back part, you know, I'm not saying prioritize premium position players or premium position picks. You don't have to use a second or a third round pick on a guy. But, you know, maybe in the fourth round, in the fifth round, that guy's going to play a lot. That guy's going to play 40% of snaps. And if there's injuries, maybe more. Maybe you need to take multiple of them. That's something that I think Green Bay is going to look at. And then you can always use extra bodies on the defensive line. You can always use an extra linebacker because even if they can't play, they can play special teams. So I thought just for fun, I put together a mock draft and try and do my best to stay as close to Green Bay's needs as possible. And this is, by the way, not how you should draft by, with needs, but I just thought let's let's put together a draft based on our order of operations here, based on the order of things that we think Green Bay could benefit from if they added them to their roster and and then go from there. So I put this together in the first round. I got Asante Samuel, someone that we found out met with the Packers over Zoom. So there's some interest there. He's a little bit smaller than they normally like, but I think he's got the demeanor. Someone you pair with Jair Alexander, and you've got two dogs on the outside. He's someone who can slide inside if you want to play him in the slot. So I, I like that there. Then if we think Edge is really the number two need on this team, and I think you can make a very compelling case. I got Carlos Basham in the second round. I think he's someone who is, is probably going to go higher than 61 a really, really good football player who I think would be pretty ready to come in and give Green Bay that outside linebacker three kind of snaps. Someone who could come in and play 40%, 50% of snaps right away. He is long, he's skilled, and, and I really like what he brings to the table. And the third round, my guy. Demetric Felton. The Draft Network even changed him to being a receiver after his outstanding showing in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Um, not everyone is going to do that, but um, that's what the Draft Network did. In the fourth round, I got Andre Cisco. He's really more a deep safety, but then it would allow you to play Darnell Savage in the box. Adrian Amos in the box. All right, next up, Chuba Hubbard at running back. I like Chuba for the Packers for this from this standpoint. He's a home run hitter. He's a home run hitter and one cut and go. And, and you're losing that with Aaron Jones. If he walks out the door, Hubbard is someone who, who can bring that back for you in your offense a little bit. I don't know that the rest of these really matter. I mean, the draft after pick 100 is is kind of silly, but there are some guys I like in here. Marlon Williams. I got um, late on day three, the receiver from UCF, who is a run after catch guy, someone who can play in the slot and, and you know, could, could push for some playing time here. After that, you know, Jalen Moore, Landon Young, offensive tackles, Malcolm Koontz, Edge from Buffalo, Cameron Bynum from Cal, who is, uh, to me, a sleeper. Played a lot of football at Cal, so could be someone that that Green Bay could think, hey, they can come in, and, and if he needs to play, could play right away. The top is is where it is for me. Asante Samuel, Carlos Basham, Demetric Felton. That's a home run first three picks to me. A home run. You're, you're putting together three guys who can come in and play right away at positions that can impact your football team, both in 2021 and beyond that in major ways as you set yourself up for both short-term and long-term success. We'll be back tomorrow 
Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.